Welcome to Sacred Starlight Spiritual Podcast, an enchanted take on healing, manifestation, and living. This is the sacred meeting place of magic, metaphysics, and grace. I'm Rebecca Muir, a professional astrologer, energy healer, meditation teacher, musician, and good witch. I'm here to nudge us all back into the magic of the force of love again. It's time to remember the infinite power that pulses through you now and moves everywhere around you, connected and available to you in every moment. It's time to change energy, to heal trauma, limiting beliefs, and to rise above the old story. It's time to remember and feel into a beautiful and powerful new identity. It's time to lean into love and weave magic. Dear force of infinite love, dear universe, great mystery, dear God, cloak us in love, grace, and magic now. So be it, and so it is. Let's get enchanted. Welcome to another episode of Sacred Starlight Spiritual Podcast. It's just me today, and I want to talk about something that has come up so many times for me in conversation, but I don't know if I've ever directly addressed it on the podcast or in any videos, and it's how I reconcile astrology and divination, but specifically astrology, with free will the quantum healing element that uh, we can shift and change energy and the law of attraction, which always the calling it that always kind of gives me a weird feeling now because it's tied up in so much shadow in the spiritual community. Um, so where to begin? I'll start with the fact that I love astrology. I'm very passionate about astrology and I believe in it wholeheartedly. Um, there, astrology is an energy or a language of energy. It's one of the many ways. This is just my personal belief. So take anything um, that resonates with you and just leave the rest because this is where I go down like a million digressions. But I'm also not a spiritual purist and I've never been able to find like the be all end all answer in any one modality or tradition or religion or spiritual path. And so I personally take what makes sense to me from each one of these things and leave the rest as well. And so I haven't found, yeah, I haven't found any one thing that has like the whole answer for me personally. Um, but I found many things that have helped me a lot and Sometimes those things are really different, but they, they all sort of blend together. And so, um, yeah, I'll just start, start with astrology. So um, astrology is one of the many languages of energy, I believe. It's one of the many ways that we can understand energy and spirit um, and hopefully ourselves because we are made of energy and spirit as well. And so this whole conversation also is sort of premised on top of the idea of, for me, that there is a higher force, that we are a part of something greater, um, divine consciousness, God, higher self, the great mystery, great spirit, 
however you would like to define that. To me, it's all the same thing and it's everywhere around us and everywhere within us. So astrology to me is one of the languages we can use to define some aspects of our experience. Um, and it's, it's an extension of divine consciousness. But I think, you know, people use tarot, for example, the same way, or the runes, um, any sort of divination. But I like astrology a lot because I can't, I can't reshuffle the cards, right? So with tarot, I can just reshuffle the cards if I don't like the answer I get. Um, and often this is another joke in the, in the community of people that work with tarot is that you'll just pull the same cards like over and over again. Um, but it doesn't always happen, right? So with astrology, the planets are just doing what they're doing no matter what, right? Um, it's sort of fixed in that sense. And so, um, there's a lot of disagreement and debate in the astrological community, um, um, about what astrology even is, how it works. And um, our neighbors are doing some hammering. I don't know if you can hear that, but bear with me. Um, how it works, what systems to use. I think everything works. I think there's some sort of, despite all the mathematics that astrology involves, like we're literally just measuring the cycles of planets and they're, they're very mathematical and they're very, they're very fixed and predictable. Um, but there's a sort of mystical element as well. So we can never say it's like a precise science, even though there's a lot of precision involved. And so different astrologers using different systems. Some of us believe a lot in uh, free will and that we can sort of work with these energies. And that's me. Um, some people believe more in like a deterministic well, this isn't looking so good for you. You're probably not going to, you know, get what you want or you're pro probably not going to, um, this is probably not going to work out in your life or this is going to go great. So, uh, I know a lot of people really struggle with this. Um, where I stand right now is that again, the planets like everything else that exists are an extension of divine consciousness, the same way that you are or that I am or that the tree outside my window is. They're beings, consciousnesses, everything being a consciousness, um, the rocks, the flowers, the animals, the mountains, everything. So these energies, uh, it's like a sea of energy that we're swimming in. And at the moment we're born, there is but this is the mystery. We don't really know how it works, but there's that the, the sky, the configurations energetically in the sky, the planetary configurations have something to say about the type of energy that you would possess, that your consciousness, your being would possess. So, um, and, and the planets are archetypes again. So, and an archetype is a pattern of energy. See Carolyn Mace's work. She is brilliant. Um, tarot works with archetypes. Young psychology works with archetypes. Um, so astrology, like for example, the planet uh, Mars is an archetype. So these are sort of patterns of consciousness, patterns of energy that would operate in a certain way, both within us and, and all around us in our lives. And so I think of it as something that we can as we become clearer and more conscious 
of these energies operating within us in our lives. We can choose to work with them um, consciously to be happier, to get where we want to be, and to hopefully overcome some of the struggles. For, for example, there are some, and this is where some of the more deterministic stuff like um, comes into play that there are some energies that might not be functionally uh, functioning very easily uh, or well in our lives. For example, I'm a double Aries. That means that my ruling planet is Mars. The Mars in my chart is what we would call afflicted. It's moving backwards. It's in a place, a sign in a house it's not comfortable in. It's configured to all these other planets super uncomfortably. And so I'm like a healthy person. I've had a lot of great things happen in my life, but yes, it does. That configuration does speak to some of the struggles that I've had trying to move forward in my life in some ways. Um, but I don't believe that, um, that that means that I can't ever get into a better place or that I'm just always going to be cursed with never things never working out. Um, if anything, we can see that there's a lot of gifts that come from struggle as well. And so that's this conversation is so big. <laughs> like, I wish you could see my mind is like, there's like a zillion rabbit holes opening up in just that one statement. I'm like, oh God, there's so many other big spiritual conversations that have to exist in this one. Um, but okay, I'm looking at my notes here too. So as a, so, okay, yes, this takes me back to my, my original concept of that the planets are an extension of divine consciousness as everything else is. And there's so many different um, teachers in astrology or just even in, in spirituality in general that will say as above, so below, right? So that there, as astrologers, we see there's a correlation between what's happening in the sky above us and what's happening within us and in our lives. We actually can't say that there's a causation. Many of us do believe that the planets cause the events within us and in our lives, um, but we, we know that we can't prove that. Um, and for me, I just, I'm resting in the, I don't know, but certainly I see a correlation a hundred percent. So as an extension of divine consciousness, and there is no question that these planets move cyclically, that even if we look at the seasons that move cyclically in our lives, um, there's something bigger happening. It's like bigger than us. And so, um, I have some theories and I have a lot of questions as well. So ultimately I just want to still be really clear that I don't actually know the answer to how all of this works. I don't know how astrology works. I don't really know how it blends with some of the other mystical spiritual experiences that I've had, but I just have my theories, right? So just talking from my own perspective and experience at this point in time. But so what if, these energies are part of a divine unfolding and that there is a conversation. So it can be happening unconsciously, right? Some of it is kind of, you know, set in motion by the great mystery, by the divine, um, but that we can interact with that, right? So it's not totally deterministic. It's not that we have absolutely no power to to change how these energies move through us, right? Because with, for example, with the archetype of Mars that I mentioned earlier, 
knowing how this energy functions and especially observing the more I observe it in my life, uh, I'm more aware of the pitfalls and the challenges of this energy and how I can balance myself around that. And how can I use Mars energy constructively in my life for the greater good? There's so many, even malefic planets, right? Because Mars and Saturn, they're planets that have, they are called malefics. They are given, they're more difficult energies to work with. Um, if you want to be really black and white about it, bad, right? But of course, even malefic planets like Mars and Saturn have really um, beautiful, positive qualities. Mars is about courage and initiating action, taking action, uh, being passionate enough to spring forth into new life, to, to conquer something, to, to defend the weak. It's the, the warrior, right? But you can, you can, um, there can be a lot of virtue in a warrior, uh, archetype as well. So it's not, and then of course, if you're, if this opera, this energy is just operating in its shadow, um, unconsciously it's it's the energy is doing you other than you doing it or you working in in partnership with the energy uh you know you might have some violent outbursts or you know you might say the word fuck a lot right so <laughs> or whatever it is right not to say that bad words are bad because i use them and i think they have their place um so now i need to bring it reel it back in so we can't really fully say always um, what even is necessarily bad or good. Some things are certainly objectively bad, um, but a lot of the time these difficult energies in our lives, this is another argument, um, have caused pain and suffering that has woken us up. <laughs> and that's what it took in order to grow into something beautiful and more empowered, right? So. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything because I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of really hard things that happen to people in their lives um, that I can't explain and I can't tie up in a neat little bow and I can't make a, an argument for oh it was all for a reason like you know I this is one of the places that I'm still working through spiritually you know some really horrible things happen to people and there's um, I have to rest right now in the I don't know. But I also know that some of the really horrible things that have happened to me have been my greatest blessings. Um, so there is that to consider as well. So it's like there's um, there's a cosmic and divine unfolding that's so far beyond anything that we can fully grasp, but we can, you know, at any one moment, we can't fully figure it all out completely or crack the whole code. But we are in it. And it is moving through us in every moment and we are participants. And so the reason that I think that everything is not just purely deterministic is because um, in addition to having watched my own transits and like had my ass thoroughly kicked by them. And I'm like very sure like when I have a hard transit, like I'm like, I know that there's going to be some chafing. Right. And it, it's just it's so it's so perfect. Like I've watched the math and the dates of this over the years. And it's it's really as well as the good transits. Right. Um, but I've also had some really powerful experiences with meditation and prayer and um, and energy work and and love and those experiences I also know to be true. So it's like, 
these you, nobody can convince me astrology is is not true even if we don't have it as a perfect science and we don't totally know everything that's going to happen it's like energy how are we going to choose to work with this energy how is this going to unfold um nobody can uh convince me that the force of love isn't real so and that's also because i spent the first half of my life either not believing in it or like wanting to, but not being able to believe in it um, or just questioning and having super profound doubts about it. And so for me, when I was like in my late twenties, um, I was going through like yet another dark night of the soul, had a few of them. And um, I had a really powerful external validation of the divine in my life. And I needed the external validation in order to fully be able to trust. Um, I couldn't go on faith. I needed it to make sense to my mind. Basically, I got a text message from God. Maybe I should, um, I've explained this in a lot of other podcasts. I wasn't planning on going here, but it's such a powerful um, part of my explaining how I integrate these two, these two things. Basically, I was like, please show yourself. Please fucking show yourself because I don't know if I can keep doing this. This is really hard. Um, I'd already pulled myself out of the abyss multiple times. I have PTSD, so the panic attacks and things like that. I can be like years without having any of them and then something will trigger me. Um, and I've fa since found other modalities that have really helped me work through this on another, to a deeper level, but at this time I hadn't. And so anyway, I got a text message from God. Had to wait a few decades for it. Not really sure what the whole deal is with divine timing. Um, but I got a text message in the middle of the night, basically from a random number that said everything I needed. It was like, you know, um, God has a plan for you. Don't give up. <laughs> like all this stuff that I was like, what? Um, because what are the odds? And it was like one of the darker times in my life. Um, and I really, it, it was, it was compounded. I was like, I can't keep pulling myself out of this and it keeps happening again. What do I do? And so for me, a lot of that darkness was compounded basically um, by it's like suffering compounded by not feeling like there is something more, not knowing if there is something more. And so a lot of my suffering, most of my suffering actually has been alleviated just by being like, I don't have to understand it all. Um, but I know you're there and I know there is something, even if my little human brain can't totally integrate, you know, the mystery of existence, um, just knowing that there is something and that I am held in, in a force of love is, was enough for me personally. So I didn't plan on going into that whole experience. I talk about it in more detail in some of my other, um, podcasts and other, other videos, um, but it illustrates a really important point that there's something that you can connect with in the darkness. Um, and I know it because I've lived it and it's happened a few times in my life. And so meditation and, and prayer, even help me God <laughs> is a, is a super valid prayer. And so those two practices have been really powerful for me and they don't always have to, it doesn't always have to even look that spiritual because God is in everything. And when I say God too, please know, I mean, the force, however you define it. Some people are super uncomfortable with the word God, and that used to be me. So if you want to think of it as just life force energy, the is, everything that exists, um, your higher self, 
whatever, whatever works for you. I just always try to honor that because I know that we, I think there's so many different paths. There's so many doorways in, um, but yeah, we can access God through music, um, through calling your friend or through a stranger smiling at us on the street. And we've all had these types of experiences, hopefully, God, um, at least one or two where, um, like a moment of grace where something just breaks through that darkness, shifts your perspective, shifts your energy, and it changes the game. And so this is where we move into the law of vibration, um, which again, this is like, I feel like I'm trying to do like seven videos in one video. These are huge topics. I don't know how I got myself into this, um, but I'm going to try to do it, sum it up quickly and easily. So the law of vibration, which I prefer, it's the same thing as the law of attraction. I just like to call it the law of vibration because the law of attraction is kind of, it's got a little bit of a vibe to it now that it's been so big in the spiritual community for since the secret and whatnot. I, I actually do believe in the law of attraction. I just don't think it's the only thing going on. Um, so the law of vibration, the law of attraction, everything is energy everything is energy. Um, even density is, is just energy. You know, if you were to be on a quantum level, you can talk to any quantum physicist or any physicist and they'll tell you everything is 99.9999% space. The smallest molecules in the cells of your body, if you break them down, it's just mostly space. So nothing is really as solid as we think. Um, and so, uh, the law of vibration is that what we are being and where we are vibrating is what's being mirrored back to us. And this, because like attracts like in metaphysical understanding in general in the new age community and uh, throughout many other spiritual traditions. So it's not like magnets, you know, it's um, what you are being is being reflected back to you. More things continue. Life will continue to mirror or reflect back to you the feeling state that you're existing in. So it can be very difficult to get to shift your vibration, right? Um, it's kind of like a positive feedback cycle. And so this is one, one thing that I've found to be extremely true. Um, I've worked for years with cognitive behavioral therapy, which is sort of like a modern psychology of the uh, version of the law of attraction, right? Change your thoughts, change your feeling state. And I now also know uh, that to not be everything it's cracked up to be. It, it does work, but um, because I've had good results with it, it's not that it isn't true, but I'm like, also, and there's a lot going on with trauma that's rooted in the physical body. Um, that's a video for another day. But um, so the law of vibration. Um, so that's we have the astrology piece <laughs> as connected to spirit. Right. We have the law of vibration. And also, I like to think of this third piece as being like grace. This is like that sort of spiritual beyond. And they're all linked, right? Because I think that um, these these different ways of moving spiritually through the world, of thinking in the world can all coexist and they all dance and move together. Current theory, current theory. Um, but grace is what I would call um, just being able to access God or divinity within yourself 
because you're not we're not separate from it um, and everywhere around us as well. So my vibration was very, very low um, when I got that text message from God, right? I was not doing great um, for an extended period of time. I was pretty much in a constant state of fight or flight. I could not dig myself out of that pattern of thoughts. All of the cognitive behavioral therapy skills that I had had weren't working, um, which I now understand why, because when you're in fight or flight, um, the amygdala, the fear part of your brain that wants you to run from the tiger so you don't get eaten, it shuts off your prefrontal cortex, basically. Like it shuts down the the calm, rational, reasoning parts of you on a, like biologically shuts it off so you can't access it because it's like, bitch, you need to run from this tiger. Like we don't have time for you to be humming and hawing, right? So that's another reason um, that I wasn't really able to apply like this law of vibration, um, change my thoughts in, in that situation. Um, and also to speak to the first few times I went through panic, which is like 20 years ago, I was able to use the law of vibration and cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy to bring myself out of that abyss. It just took a really, really long time, like a couple years. Uh, basically I had to like get to a surrender state biologically where I was like, ah, oh, I've tried everything. Like I give up. Right. And then I was able to start, you know, shifting my thoughts. Um, so, okay. So there's a grace piece that can come in. This is where I was going. Um, and I, I don't really know much. I don't know how to explain this really. I just know that it's real from my own experience. It's not something that I ever would be telling you about if it wasn't something that I'd experienced. And it was something I struggled with so much before I had that external validation. Um, but this can be accessed in many ways that are not considered spiritual or religious, right? So through friendships, um, through, through, through people is really, really big. Any sort of connection that you can get with another, another person through nature, through music, through art. Um, there's, there's an infinite number of ways that this force can be accessed in every single moment. And so when we want to work directly with this, we can do so through prayer and meditation as well, which are really, really powerful. Um, to just help us shift our perspective, but we can invite in um, miracles, right? Miracles, grace. This is where we get back. Like it's like full circle. Left Christianity as a child, right? Because I was like, I don't believe in heaven and hell and a man up in the sky with the staff, you know. And now, having left all of that, finding myself coming back full circle, using words like grace and uh, and miracles and and forgiveness. <laughs> Like all of these terms that are so uh, mercy. Oh my God, that's such a big one. Um, these terms that are so big in Christianity, which now that I have such a fundamental core understanding of these energies of these, these states of being, um, these experiences, uh, in my life, um, it's a lot different than when someone's just telling you about it when you're a little kid, you know? And also if you're, if you're really hungry for this type of this type of sort of grace, mercy, uh, prayer, meditation, check out Carolyn Mace. Um, she has a lecture on her website called The Power of Holy Language, and it's amazing. Um, so 
And just to tie, to tie that in as well, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to Dr. Joe Dispenza yet, but this is a part of this whole idea that we can shift and change our energy through the law of vibration. There are certain practices that this wonderful teacher, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, teaches outside of any religious context. It's how to meditate and how to connect with this force consciously. It's work. You know, it's a practice, it's a process. And so he has, and, and it's amazing because he's got some really incredible physical healing experiences um, that he can validate. And um, like he's got the, the med scans and everything, the medical scans of hundreds of people, maybe even thousands at this point. He has um, a physical healing experience himself as well that's quite miraculous. And he's like dedicated his life to figuring out what he did or what happened. Um, and so he is using um, a certain practice of meditation to work with the law of vibration, but there's also something mystical happening where he's connecting with the force. Um, and for people that are familiar with his meditations, um, he talks about space a lot. This is where I went back to the um, quantum physics piece, where if you go down to the smallest molecule, it's 99.999% space, which is cool because you start to see um, how things are maybe aren't quite as solid as as you thought or you believed them to be. Um, you start to there's an opening of energy that occurs, and so in doing these meditations. Um, quite a lot. At one point I had a download where I was like, instead of um, picturing the space, I was picturing the grace. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that was like a whole other level for me. Like it, it was still space, but that's where the holy language comes in, where um, the quality of, of experience or the feeling that I had when I just changed the word <laughs> a little bit was big and it just helped me to to get into another feeling state. Um, but either way, there's a many different ways. Essentially, we're trying to shift our feeling state. Um, so, so how this all blends back with astrology, right? I guess my, my question that I would pose is what if, what if the transits are real? They're real just like, you know, you can't stop a Pluto transit any more than you can stop winter from coming every every season right um it's just going to come it's part of the you know it's part of everything that is it's part of the sacred geometry of the divine that we are all woven through we're all a part of it it's part of a, a, a cosmic unfolding it's part of divine divine order divine order and if you look through nature you can see so much beauty and symmetry um so I'm definitely not somebody that thinks everything is just random anymore. Um, there's two, there's two, things are functioning too perfectly. I mean, um, so there's, there's all of that. If we look at the heavens and everything that's happening on, on earth, we're sort of in that flow. And so we can use astrology to give us like a weather forecast, but, um, Astrology isn't, it's not a perfect predictive science and any astrologer will tell you this. We can see through archetypes, um, the archetypal energies of a particular planet or sign, how they're all configured, how they're all speaking to each other, interacting with each other. These energies are alive within us and all around us. Um, 
If we can get a little bit of clarity on the weather system that's moving through, we can shift our energy in terms of how we want to work with anything that might be unfolding. And I still also, so that's just even on a super basic level. Um, I'd also pose the question that what if astrology is sort of like level one, um, basic level, and then um, this this quantum stuff, this law of vibration stuff, this meditation and prayer stuff, this grace stuff, this unconditional love stuff is... Um, also a part of the game and um, it's accessible at every moment and it can change our energy. And so as we change our energy, the way that these transits, these astrological energies will be working with us will be shifting as well. This is a question that I ask myself. My alarm just went off and uh, my alarm just went off. So it stopped the video. I'm going to start again. Um, but where was I? What if these, what if the quality of grace that comes through, that quality of unconditional love, that, that divine presence um, can transmute everything? Just a slight addendum, just a little add-on. Um, I think I said this, but I just maybe wasn't quite as clear or pointed as I would like to be. So what if even within transits, there are infinite possibilities? So that's a, that's a really powerful question that I want to ask um, that, that sort of brings and weaves together the idea of energy currents flowing that are observable via astrology, that are quite possibly an extension of divine consciousness, that's what I think, um, but that they're malleable. They're, they're, it's energy, it's not so solid. It can, it can I mean, the, the planets are, but I mean, in terms of, you know, they, they aren't though, because we even talked about this, right? On a quantum level, everything is mostly space. So, um, yeah, what if there are infinite possibilities even within transits? I like that idea a lot right now. Um, I also sometimes wonder what Dr. Joe's transits are. He hates astrology. Um, and what his transits were when he got hit by the truck in the triathlon, severed his spine, and then, you know... Um, healed himself over the next few months subsequently through the practices that he now teaches. Um, I'm curious about his birth chart, about, um, you know, the energies that comprise his consciousness that made him what he is to be able to have the perspective he has, the drive he has, the discipline that he clearly has. Um, and I sometimes ask questions like, because not everybody has that personality type. And so while I very much value his work and it's a part of my practice and I teach, you know, um, I teach, I, I don't teach his work, but I teach some, I, I integrate some of his teachings into my work and I'm always directing people his way. I, I wonder if, you know, it's, it's set up in a way that like, 
that everybody could, can access in exactly the way that he can, right? Um, I don't know about that. I know um, that it worked for him and that it has worked for many people. Um, like I mentioned earlier, shadow work has been a super important part of my journey and my healing. So dealing with PTSD, like I said, there's going to be a whole other video, but um, specifically somatic therapies. So I, I mean, yes, I was on medication too, 20 years ago, briefly, um, for like a year or two, just to calm my nervous system down. I was on like a very um, common SSRI and SNRI. Um, antidepressants, they just calmed my nervous system down so my amygdala could stop for a minute so that I could think again. Um, so there are a lot of different pathways to healing. Um, and so it does all breathe together. So I ask these types of questions too. I'm like, yeah, Dr. Joe's amazing. Like his story is amazing. He's helped so many people. His work's amazing. What, what's his chart? Like what energies did he have to work with? I'm so curious about this. What were his transits at that time? Um, I just wonder, and I'm not, I'm not asking that to downplay um, the miraculous, but I just can't help but ask those questions, right? So it's certainly possible that there were transits that, that facilitated this, and I'm sure difficult transits too, um, that, you know, force you out of your comfort zone and, and make you, you know, have to have to buck up and, and, and buckle down and, and put into practice some stuff to, to go into the unknown, to have the courage to do that. But what kind of person is the kind of person that does like innately possess that, that courage or that personality type that would, you know, be impacted that way and, and go in that direction? So many questions, so many questions. Um, but yeah, I, I still, and I, and with all of those questions that I'm asking, I still believe in, I still believe the miraculous and transmutation and healing is available and possible um, to everybody at all times. Uh, I, I believe in possibility and I try to stay as much as I can in possibility. And, and for astrology, I use the transits as a map or the chart as a map, um, there's timing is really, really big in astrology. So, um, as much as you might not want to believe that there's certain things you shouldn't do at a certain time because you want to, don't want to feel limited, right? We believe in possibility. I've just experienced enough retrograde action and things where I'm like, okay, like the timing will be things, the, the, the energy will be flowing in a couple months right now. It's really, um, it's like, you're going to be like swimming upstream, you know? So, um, that's valuable for me. And I, I, it doesn't limit me. It actually empowers me so that I can, um, like just work with the energy towards more, towards, um, more meaning or more happiness or, or more, more purpose or whatever it is that you want in your life. I, it's not always about happiness, right? It's like, um, Claire Wine, what's her last name? Oh my gosh. It's like Wine something. She's amazing. Um, 
she said that life isn't about being happy. It's about making something that gives you a deep, it's about making something of your life that gives you a deep pride. And so that is also a thought that I always find very comforting <laughs> when things are not butterflies and rainbows. Um, okay. Again, I'm just pointing you to Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. There are people that have healed physical conditions that like modern medicine would say that you can't heal. Right. And so what if they're both simultaneously true, right? On, on a, a, I don't want to say lower level, but like on a more basic level we're we're sort of coexisting. We're here with, we're, we're breathing and living and being with and as nature. And as we connect with the divine um, possibilities for what can unfold um, and what can be transmuted, and what can shift and change uh, become more infinite. And then also with acknowledging the, the possibility and the probability even that everything that's, that's unfolding on this level one with astrology is also by divine design, right? Because it's through, again, some of my most painful experiences that... Um, you know, you have to sometimes get really uncomfortable before you can wake up. Um, yeah, and what works for one person, um, another person might have need a different bag of tools, a different toolbox, or take a different path to get there, right? So I use Dr. Joe's work, but it's not the only thing that I use because my nervous system needs other regulation techniques or has in the past. Also, another thing that really comes up big for me, especially in the last year, that I haven't spoken about publicly, um, but that's a really, it's been really, really hard for me, um, is that I had a client that passed away that was doing this work. She was younger than me. She got really sick. And um, this is where I think that some of the new age teachings, because there's can be a light and shadow to everything, right? So um, some of the new age teachings that, you know, as where you're vibrating is just what's being reflected back to you. So like, therefore, if you're sick, it's your fault, right? This can cause an enormous amount of suffering. And I don't think that this is, a, I especially don't think now that this is 100% true, right? So these are the questions that I do believe in the law of vibration. I think there that it is true, but I don't think it's the only thing going on. So this is where I sit in the question of, um, you know, this, this client that I had who became a friend of mine, um, got a very, very dire cancer diagnosis at a young age. And statistically, it isn't something that you that people conquer. Um, so even though we look at things like, you know, these amazing miraculous recoveries that people at Dr. Joe Dispenza's workshops, and because it isn't impossible, people do, people do have, miracles have had people do find ways to heal things. Um, but I don't personally believe that there was anything wrong with my client, that she did anything wrong, that she was a bad person, that she was vi low vibrating. Like, I also just don't believe in any of that. When you bump up against something in real life, 
like a, a loved one getting a terminal illness or um, going through something that seems terribly unfair, the concept of their vibration being low or something, it really doesn't sit. It just, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, um, that I think, I think about her every day and that has changed me. Um, and it's devastating and it's not fair. And, um, if there was ever a question before, there's not now that there, there's not that she didn't do anything wrong. She's an incredible person from end to end. So, um, in terms of why this work didn't cure her or why she got sick, that's something that I have to, um, it haunts me. I don't know. Why do so many people have to go through so many things? And when you talk about the passing of a person, um, there's no, there's no way to make that feel good. Um, at least there isn't for me. Um, there's no way to lessen that pain. And even having gone <laughs> into the Akashic records, um, into my own Akashic records. If you don't know what those are, you can look them up, do a little Google search. Um, that's something that I, that I work with privately. I don't work with clients with the Akashic records, but I remember asking about death. Um, and the answer that I received comforted me a lot. It said, death is not what you think, but even, even knowing that, um, even knowing that isn't, isn't enough to really make me just be like, oh, I, I'm not hurting anymore. Or I'm not I, like viscerally feeling the pain I can imagine her family's going through or that, that she went through. So these types of things, I want to be really crystal clear, are um, like super devastating. And um, I just want to be honorable about that. Uh, I, I know that, that the, the divine is real and that love is real. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way that, that we would desperately hope that it will. And, and we don't know why. Um, so I just kind of rest in that mystery. Another very interesting, um, Another very interesting piece of that story is that um, she actually wanted me to come with her to a Dr. Joe Dispenza event, and she she wound up being too sick to go, and she she sent me. She was really wanted me to still go, and it was a life changing experience. And the whole time that I was there, I uh, I wanted to. I didn't think about. I'm like I'm healthy, right? So I was. <laughs> I was trying to get quantum and, and tap into the force and like shift my feeling state into a, a state of love that was so big that it, it could be directed toward her. And so I spent the time doing that. And I feel like we had a small miracle. Um, you know, her, even though 
she did she did pass away and she has graduated um from this this life i wound up winning a raffle um out of like a couple thousand people i think it's like four or five thousand people i won this raffle um to attend a, an event of dr joe's which they were it was right before COVID. they were all sold out for like the next like year and a half so it was like you that was it you couldn't go um and so I was doing all this quantum meditation stuff and like, you know, come out of my meditations, like in tears, like, you know, and uh, seeing her healed and, you know, she and her husband couldn't, couldn't come. And so anyway, then they announced at the end of the retreat that even though everything was sold out for that year, that I had won, <laughs> that I had won to go to any, to any retreat that I wanted for the, the rest of the year. And of course they let me gift to her. I was like a mess. I was just crying and crying and crying. Um, it was such a strong, um, it was such a strong external validation for me also that we were connecting to something greater, even if it wasn't working the way that we would have hoped. So, um, you know, she's quite sick by that time and it was right before COVID, but of course, then, and she was too sick to travel. And most of these retreats are all over the world. Like I was in Bogota, Colombia, right? So it's like, it's too far, right? The next retreat that I um, was in California, which is where we're all living, right? So she was able to go with her husband. And um, it wasn't like, you know, a perfect blissful experience because she was very sick. Um, but just the fact that that happened, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? So there are all kinds of little things like that, that I just, I wonder about and how the divine shows up and connects people. And, um, and all these experiences of love and magic, um, and, and sorrow and loss too, and grief and, and all of these things. So, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to share, um, cause I haven't talked about that. And a lot of people that come to my workshops or that, that know me and, and meditate with me know that happened. They know that I went to see Dr. Joe in Bogota about a year ago and how that all happened because I was, you know, I'm still working on my finances. So I was saying that I was manifesting that. And this wasn't how I wanted to, I didn't want to manifest it this way. Um, but yeah, just with humility resting in the, the pain of, of this experience and the question mark of this experience, I wanted to make sure that, um, I don't put forth in this video that um, it's just easy to just fix it all <laughs> or that if there's, or if there's something, um, a big piece of suffering in your life, that there's anything wrong with you. There is not, there's nothing wrong with you. So actually that's the one big takeaway for me. There's something that I already knew, but I like really know it now. There was nothing wrong. 
with my client, my friend. Um, and it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with any of you, with any of us. This is part of the divine mystery of moving through, um, moving through pain and, and loss and grief and being transformed in the process of it all. Um, and finding different ways to, to work with life and, and finding healing and then being humbled and then finding healing and love and then being humbled. And, you know, it's just, I feel like it's just an ever unfolding, ever deepening experience. But there's an element of the divine and everything that exists from astrology to the law of vibration to the law of grace, um, unconditional love and transmutation. There's an element of mystery there that I, um, I don't have it cracked. I just don't. And so I think we need to, we need to stay in the mystery as much as we can and work with what we know. And so I feel confident enough to say that I know that there's something to astrology. I, I mean, I just, I work with it all the time. I just know there is. I know there's something to the law of vibration. I've had epic breakthroughs from changing my thoughts um, and changing my feeling state. And then boom, everything in my life moves. I mean, the first time I pulled myself out of that abyss when I was like 19, well, I was probably like 21, 22. Um, and I mean, it was dark for a couple of years. I was just panicked for a couple of years. Finally, I just surrendered and got into this cognitive behavioral therapy um, thing where I was just, I didn't have the energy to um, think a good thought, but I also didn't have the energy to think a bad one. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. Like, let's think a good one. And I just built momentum around that and it worked. And like within a couple months, I had a scholarship to music school in the United States. I mean, it was amazing, like how quickly my external life began to, um, shift and change. And for me, I feel like it's an inner knowing that, that there was a correlation. Um, and also with this, this third, um, option, option, this third thing, the divine text message from God, prayer, meditation, unconditional love, grace, mercy, miracles, um, that I also feel very much, I, I know, I know that to be true. And so how these are all woven together, you may use one of these, um, at one time, You'll need different things at different times. And again, I think there's a dance and there's still some mystery in the spaces in between. And so, um, but I do think that they can work together. And so, yeah, to clarify, cause I know I'm meandering all over the place. Um, the questions I would ask are this, is astrology um, an extension of divine consciousness and the astrological, um, transits the movement of the heavens i believe it is um is it completely static in its unfoldment does x transit definitely mean bad right or something what's going to happen under x transit um i think I think that's not set in stone i think this is where we can take responsibility for our own energy 
we can ask for help and we can work with these transits in like really miraculous ways. We can invite miracles in and that these transits um, are happening for us, not to us. Right. So that there is some there's if you look at everything always being cushy and nice, we don't grow. We have, are not motivated. Right. And so some of the hardest edges in our lives have have pushed us into into new territory and into closer connection with the divine. Um, so those are really important questions to just keep in your consideration. I would suggest that or put forth that the way a transit can impact a person um, depends on them and the divine, right? But that it's not like set in stone. Um, so how hard will it have to kick your ass to wake you up <laughs> or to, you know, have like an ultimately like super divine transformational experience? Um, the last thing I think there's, I'm sure there's a million other things, but the last thing I wanted to say is, about the purpose of pain and darkness. So again, with great humility, greatest humility, um, and recognizing that I've had so much privilege in my life, um, I'm not here to try to sugarcoat or explain away some of the horrible evil and tragedy that's happening in the world that has happened in the world. I pray all the time for the suffering in the world because I have a very hard time with it. It's very, very difficult for me to like wrap my head around that there can be such pain. It's really hard. Um, and so I've made some semblance of peace with this to an extent, and I'll, I'll explain why now. So when I was in my one of my more recent Dark Nights of the Soul, right before the uh, or around the text message from God, I was like, God, we got to talk about the suffering stuff. I'm like, God, if you're there, because I, I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you're really there. Um, what's with the whole relativity thing? You know how people, a lot of people in different spiritual traditions and especially in the new age community will say, well, you can't have light without dark. And I was like, bullshit. If God is all seeing, all knowing, all powerful, then why couldn't God, why did God have to make relativity? Like that just begs the question. I was like, why couldn't everything just be nice? Like God could make it so that you would be able to fully experientially feel love and niceness without any contrast. And that all the new nice things would happen would continue to just still feel glorious and good just the same way as they would if there were contrast, but there wouldn't be contrast, right? So I was like, why not that? That sounds like way smarter to me uh, of a way to configure existence, right? So I really had beef with this for such a long time. Like, I mean, even books like Neil Donald Walsh, Conversation with God, or Conversations with God, that would bring me peace with like, this was like the one sticking point that I could just not get past. And then one day, I had this realization that shifted it all for me. Uh, and this is just me. But, you know, I was dating somebody at the time and it was very difficult. And 
um, this is a person that's still in my life. We're like very close, like a good, good, you know, lifelong connection beyond romance or anything. And so there's a, a great amount of unconditional love. Um, and I was thinking at the time, like at the time we were dating, but it was, it was like challenging. And I was thinking how much more it means to be chosen when it's not easy. And I, I wish I could remember like the, how it was worded in my mind when it had like the big light bulb moment, but I was like, oh my God, for some reason I had to see it from that vantage point of choice that for us to fully experience love, it's not about like contrast, light or dark or the absence of dark and then you can't know light. It was more like, yeah, this is really hard and I still pick you and, and, and what that means. Like, how big is that love? How big is that? So, um, that just really hit on such a huge level for me. And I feel like I got it. And, um, so maybe that's why, like, maybe that's why so many hard things. I don't know. I, I still, I still can't explain away the suffering of the world. All I can do is just try to show up and, and pray and work on myself and, and all of that. But, but, um, again, that's sort of like this full circle to, um, there's a lot of resonance with like Christian traditions with that idea about, you know, um, unconditional love, um, that's how we, that's how we, that's how we know. That's how we grow even with ourselves. Shit. Like this huge decades long journey I've been on with myself, um, through PTSD and panic attacks and like super, <laughs> like I'm not done. Like, you know, I'm in a much, much better place than I used to be. And I, you know, have integrated a lot, but I still have my issues, you know? Um, but I'm, it's like a phoenix energy. It really is. I've been in such dark places that I've really come on the other side of those now. And um, at least, I mean, knock on wood, right? I'm like, I'm not done. I'm sure life has many more slices of humble pie to serve me, hopefully with um, lots of grace and goodness as well um, and beauty. But, but, um, I'm losing my track of my track of the train of thought. Um, yeah, the unconditional love applies to self and other and, and everything, right? And so, um, if everything is always nice, it doesn't get particularly deep. It doesn't get it doesn't grow. It doesn't get bigger. It doesn't get carved out as a container for more. And so um, that's something that I can say is uh, I really do like, I really do love myself now. And I can say that authentically. And a long time ago, I really couldn't, I really couldn't say that. And I don't think, and, and even before, before I ever had like the super ass kickings of the PTSD and all that stuff didn't start until an event uh, when I was around 18. 
So like childhood, no anxiety, no panic attacks, nothing like that. But I didn't love myself, not really. And so um, all of the stuff that's happened has, has really shaken me to my core multiple times. There's always new layers. Um, and it's shaken me to awaken me and it's, it's brought me on this whole journey. Um, and so you don't, um, get to unconditional love. I don't think, um, without going through experiences that would require it. So I will keep asking questions. I will keep doing these meditations and sending my blessings and trying the best I can to tap into the force of love. And I will keep reading the skies for guidance, um, for how I can be the best me, um, for how I can move with the most grace through this world. Because I don't think people need astrology, but it's just a really useful tool for me. I just really, I really, really resonate with it. So, um, yeah. So that's my, um, that's what I have to share today. Um, thank you all for being connected to me and I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, feel free to leave them in the comments and yeah, I would actually really, really, it's a juicy conversation. Let me know of anything I missed. And um, love and blessings. Thank you so much for joining me here on Sacred Starlight Spiritual Podcast. If you loved what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Follow me on Instagram at sacred underscore starlight or visit me on my website at sacredstarlight.com. I am sending you nothing but love and enchantment and magic and power and grace. Have a beautiful day and until next time, stay enchanted. <laughs>